Welcome to Life-Giving Water Messages, where I expound upon the Word of God and, through the internet, deliver it to you. My name is Reverend Todd Laddick, and I'm bringing to you today part seven of a seven-part series entitled Impossible, with today's message specifically entitled God Found in Impossible Places, based off of Matthew chapter 2, verses 7 through 23. So let us dive into the Word today. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, Go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with with the child and his mother. The angel said, Stay there until I tell you to return, because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. That night Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary his mother, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt. Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under, based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. Herod's brutal action fulfilled what God had spoken through the prophet Jeremiah. A cry was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted, for they are dead. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Get up, the angel said. Take the child and his mother back to the land of Israel, because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. So Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. Then, after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. So the family went and lived in a town called Nazareth. This fulfilled what the prophets had said. He will be called a Nazarene. Amen. God can be found even in the least expected places. I'll say that again. God can be found even in the least expected places. As most of you probably know, uh, I've mentioned it before, I am a Rotarian. And for those of you who know, great, but many are probably scratching their head. What's a Rotarian? Sure, you've probably seen those rotary wheels here or there saying this or that was done by them, but what is rotary? Well, to briefly share with you, Rotary is one of the largest service organizations in the world whose motto is service above self. 
It was founded by Paul L. Harris in 1905, an attorney who called three business associates in downtown uh, Chicago together for weekly fellowship. And they called it Rotary initially because they would rotate where they met. Though within one year, the, the Chicago club was so large that they adopted the now common practice of meeting in a regular, uh, of, of a regular meeting place. Um, during that time, they also felt that it would be better if the Rotary Clubs not just met for fellowship, but for service as well. By 1910, just five years later, a club opened up in Winnipeg, Canada, making Rotary an international organization. And by 1922, just 12 years later, the name was changed to Rotary International as clubs opened up in London and Dublin. So when I first found out I was appointed to First United Methodist Church of Newton, which is where I'm serving now. I was still serving at my, my previous appointment, which was Harmony Hill United Methodist Church. And I got this call one Saturday morning from a, a resolute Reverend E.T. Holland, who said, Todd, we're having our annual pancake breakfast for Rotary at the Newton Church. I'll see you there. Well, sadly... <laughs> I wasn't able to come that day. I had other obligations, and I kindly let E.T. know that. And what a guy, if, if you had never met him. He, he was a, an amazing, amazing pastor, but an amazing man, honestly. So I kindly let him know I couldn't be there, but it became clear to me <laughs> that Rotary was going to be in my near future if I chose it to be. And the first meeting I attended felt very awkward. I mean... I attended sometime, I guess, after becoming pastor of First UMC of Newton, but it, it was kind of awkward. I, I knew nobody but one or two new parishioners who I didn't know very well at the time. Of course, I got to know John and Frank very well, but and I love both of them lots. Um, and I already knew Reverend Dr. Alden Welsh, who ser was serving this church that I'm serving now, Newton UMC, from 1978 to 1998, so 20 years, and you know, was eventually bestowed the title of Pastor Emeritus here for his long and faithful service, and uh, what an awesome pastor and man he is as well. The rest were all new people to me, and as an introvert, that was hard for me and, and awkward. I didn't know why I needed to be part of a service above self-organization when that is exactly what I do vocationally. That's what being a pastor is, putting others and serving others above self. So to me, at first, it seemed like I was just taking something, taking on something I didn't know I wanted to be taking on, yet I stuck with it because I had said yes, and unless it really didn't work, I was going to give it a try. And that's typically the way I am. I, tr you know, I try to give everything a, a fair shot. And so eventually, I did find my place in it. And it is through Rotary, actually, that I met Isabel Costello, founder of the Weekend Bag Program, which our church actively supports. Um, I met the principal of the Newton High School. I met countless people who I realized I needed to network and connect with and connect our church to in order to build community and provide mission opportunities. What I initially saw as a weekly obligation that I wasn't sure was going to be worth, you know, anything worth my while, I found God had called me there. And what I discovered was beautiful. 
business people and professionals giving back to their community in positive and long-lasting ways, today I'm proud to call myself a Rotarian. And I'm currently serving as our Newton Club's president. Who knew? Well, God knew, evidently. What places, what are places that we tend to look down on? In my community, we may look down on Spring Street because people think it's scary. I've heard that a lot, but honestly, walk down certain areas of Patterson. How scary is Newton, really? And there's another place with mission opportunities that we might look down on, right? How do we talk about places that we may hold judgments about? Do we see them and speak of them through the eyes of Jesus our Lord, or do we see and speak of them through sinful, judgmental, spiteful human eyes? Joseph ends up having to bring Mary and Jesus from place to place. First, he travels from Nazareth, according to Luke, in order to participate in a census. Then from Bethlehem, he gets, he gets the uh, warning that his child's life is in danger and is told to flee persecution by journeying to Egypt in the dead of the night. Eventually, when the Lord clues in Joseph that it is safe, he journeys toward Judea. But realizing that Herod's son took over, you know, Herod's son Archelaus, he ends up settling back down in Nazareth. And by the way, I want to pause here because here's a piece of, of history that we find in the Bible. Uh, once Herod the Great died, uh, Caesar <clears throat> decided to not give uh, the kingdom of Palestine to just one king, and he gave he gave it a, a portion of it uh, to one uh, you know one portion per son. Herod had three sons: Archelaus, uh, you have Antipas who took over the the province the area of Galilee. Uh, Archelaus took over Judea, and I forget the other uh, son's name, but there was a, another piece uh, there that was broken up and given to him. Um, <clears throat> so, with, and that's why, by the way, in, in uh, you know, when, when uh, Jesus is being tried uh, and uh, Pilate realizes that, you know, Jesus is from Galilee, he pulls the trick of saying, send him to Herod, Antipas, that's his, that's his domain, <laughs> you know, so... There you have history uh, right there unraveling in the Bible. But I just want to say that, um, you know, again, Joseph is getting all of these messages and eventually the Lord uh, leads uh, Joseph to Nazareth where he settles down. And as such, Jesus later becomes known as uh, Jesus of Nazareth. And it needs to be noted that Nazareth was not a well-respected or highly viewed area of the world at that time. And no one would have expected that God would literally be living there. Don't believe me? Let's look at uh, John chapter 1, verse 46, when Nathanael asks, Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Think of a time in your life when God was found where it would have been least expected. In Exodus chapter 12, verses 31 through 33, the people of Israel flee Egypt. Yet in today's text, Joseph ends up bringing Mary and Jesus there for safety 
And actually, that really kind of ties into, if you remember, in the in right before Exodus, in the end of Genesis, there was another guy named Joseph who was sold into slavery into Egypt, right? Because his brothers were jealous of him. And yet he ends up becoming uh, the second in command under Pharaoh. So, so Joseph, that Joseph ended up being exiled in Egypt. And so this Joseph now and his family, his, his, his wife and her, her, daughter, her uh, son, Jesus, are now exiled in Egypt. So again, in, in Exodus, the people of Israel flee Egypt. Yet in today's context, Joseph ends up bringing Mary and Jesus there for safety. And this is also an unexpected choice. Imagine the negative associations they would have had with Egypt being people whose ancestors had been enslaved there. Think about that. How can we be open to God's leading when God leads us to places, experiences, etc. that we are afraid of or hurt by? And this is not to say we should always go where we don't want to, but we should listen for where God is leading us, even if it is somewhere unexpected. Joseph consistently followed God's guidance. Time was definitely of the essence. And I think of an incident that happened recently where time was of the essence and no one knew it. A woman was about to drive home from somewhere and wasn't feeling right. In that moment, time was of the essence without her even knowing it. But because she didn't feel good, she decided to have her boyfriend take their baby with him in his car as he had driven separately from her. And she asked him to follow her home. And thank God she did because on the way home, she blanked out having some sort of medical episode and she got T-boned when she jumped out in front of my wife. Now, thank God no one was hurt. And thank God the baby was not in that car. Accidents happened, but because she listened to her body and no doubt God, things worked out miraculously. And what's more, we ended up knowing the woman and her boyfriend, even more miraculous, both of whom are also Christian. Friends, God provides. Amen? God comes to you wherever you are. God isn't only found in our church building where one expects to find God. God isn't only found in our church building or where one expects to find God. This week, I want to invite you to keep your eyes open for where you see God and take note. We can, as a congregation... We can celebrate these findings during next week's community prayer, uh, where you can lift them up if you're going to be there in person. Or you can, um, you can leave me a message. You, know, you can uh, reach me on social media, or, or you know, I have all the information there in, in the episode notes, uh, so just check that out. You can, um, you can celebrate whatever things you see in your community. Uh, and you can lift those joys up, or you could do it at your church for, during your church's community prayer, even better. We can look for God anywhere and everywhere, even, when it's, even where it seems impossible to find God. 
In the new year, we can continue to work through our biases that keep us from seeing God's abundant presence. Maybe we will become more present in places such as Spring Street, in my church's case. There are plenty of opportunities to do so. We can reach areas of our community where we know others avoid, look down upon, and judge. What are those places? Who are those people? How can we show God's transformational, God's transformational love and acceptance to them? If we're going to have a New Year's resolution, let it be to be a people who finds and serves God in those impossible places. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious God, we just thank you and praise you for this opportunity to be here and to, to be inspired, encouraged, and challenged to grow in our trust of you and to look for you in places we would least expect to find you because, Lord, there isn't a place we can't find you because you are everywhere and you are Emmanuel, God with us. So, Lord, we thank you and we praise you and we, and we lift your name up always and forever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Friends, I do want to thank you for tuning in. I, I do always appreciate um, you listening, and I hopefully you're getting something out of this. I know I am. And um, <clears throat> it's always good to, uh, you know, to be able to hear God's word and to hear different perspectives on it and to learn what it means to be a Christian and to live the Christian life faithfully uh, in community. And so... Again, uh, thank you. And if this is, uh, you know, your main spiritual sustenance, please do check out the episode notes down there. Uh, along with my information, there is also uh, links to uh, our giving page. And if you can support uh, my church, uh, that would be great. If this is supplemental and you uh, attend another church elsewhere, then by all means support them. They need it as much as we do. And if you can, in your heart, find the room and the money to support both of us, uh, neither of us would be upset. Both of us would be grateful. So again, thank you for your faithful listenership and thank you for your th- faithful service to Christ. Remember, you have been richly blessed, so be a blessing to others. Go in peace. <laughs>